dream. Don't we all want to be in America and achieving great things? Yeah, we want. Yes, we desire. Some people have been there and done that. This is well, uh, I mean, welcome to Book Talk today. And this is your host, Anthony Morore. And today we have a guest with us who is going to tell us about a book, Underground, a memoir of hope, faith, and the American dream. His name is Deji Ayoade. And uh, I would like you to join me as we go together and meet Deji. So, here we go. Hi, Deji. Hey, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to Book Talk. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to have you here. And uh, we are looking forward to hearing about your book. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but but before you go there, I would like to know about uh, Deji. Who is Deji? And and he's actually Dr. Deji. Are you a (laughs) Deji? And I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Yes, yes, you did. That's pretty good. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the first that that's pretty good. Yes, yeah. Did. So, uh, where are you from? So, I'm originally from Nigeria, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lagos, actually, uh, but uh, now I live in this area uh, in the US. Okay, and how long have you been there? Well, I'm in DC or in the US. In the US, I'm in the US for. So it'll be 15 years uh, this year. Okay, because we are talking about the American dream and everybody out there in the in, in the other continents are always looking forward to be in the US to experience <laughs> great things like you've experienced. And we're gonna find out in a short while the things that you've experienced there, even as we talk about your book. How was it landing in the US for the very first time? Um, how put it? So, when I came to the United States in 2008, uh, it was, uh, I remember I left Nigeria on U.S. Independence Day, 4th of July, 2008. So, I arrived here in the morning. Of, was it morning? Well, it was on the 5th of July. Mm-hmm. And uh, through Logan Airport, you know, I came here on past scholarship to attend Brandeis University uh, for a graduate program. So, I think just like most people, you know, the, the culture shock, you know, trying to just assimilate and kind of just take it all in, you know, being in the U.S., always thinking about coming to the United States and finally being in the United States and, you know, trying to see what will happen next. I mean, I came up primarily for academics then, uh, at least that was in my mind, but I had other plans, of course, but uh, it was, it was God, it was a, 
it was interesting, but I do remember that when I stepped off the plane, though, you know, I told myself uh, that, you know, I promised myself that this is a land where I'll make sure my dreams come true. Mm. And I believe, as I can look at your profile and see that, uh, yes, you've achieved the American dream that many dream to go and accomplish. Well, you know, the, the dream continues, right? <laughs> dream. Exactly, you know. And, and 15, 15 years is actually not such a long time. But um, I, I was looking at these accomplishments and I'm like, well, is this, are we talking about 15 years or uh, 50 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, please please tell us, you, you graduated and... Uh, is this why you are called doctor? What did you graduate in? And tell us. Um, I'm a veterinarian by training. Uh, I studied veterinary medicine. I practiced for a few years, uh, you know, as a veterinary surgeon, and uh, that was primarily in West Africa. And then I, I traveled to Europe to do some research and do some some things over there. Uh, and then in the United States, while in grad school, I did. You know, I wrote, my, I, I wrote my board exams as well, but it, between writing my board exams and completing my grad school and also um, getting, um, uh, joining the military, there was there's a story there that we'll probably get to in a different question. Uh, but, yeah. but really, that's how I got my uh, professional doctorate degree. And uh, I'm not currently pract actively practicing right now. But okay. uh, I did practice a couple of years before um, active duty military, and I did some veterinary work while in the Navy as well. Okay, tell us about the military. One step mm -hmm. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, you, you might be familiar, a lot of immigrants are familiar with the process in the military process in the US. Mm -hmm. So if you come, if you have a degree, a college degree, you can commission to become American uh, an officer in the American military, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have an if you don't have a degree, maybe a high school diploma, you can enlist. But the difference, really, with that is, if you don't have a U.S. citizenship, you cannot commission as an officer. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have your permanent residency, you can enlist, and then you can naturalize and then commission. Mm -hmm. So I have to take that route because. Um, there were so many things that kind of guided me, that drove, I would say guided me, not drove me, you know, to joining the military. I had to enlist because I didn't have citizenship at the time. Okay. Yeah. But I had my green card, uh, permanent residency through marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I got naturalized while in training. Mm -hmm. So got my citizenship and then uh, a lot of things good things great things happened you know from there um you know one of the things that actually made me join the military one i knew that my fulfillment primarily comes from giving uh, from giving and service to others so you know along with thinking about my family in nigeria because i was the first to come here my family i wanted uh an opportunity that would help me bring them here so they can we can have the same opportunities right that's one mm -hmm. uh, i wanted personal fulfillment and I knew I could get that through service, you know, to others. And, and then a future for my family, trying to build a foundation here in the United States. Mm. Um, you know, you have to build a solid foundation because you're going to have children and grandchildren and maybe after three generations, 
your great grandchildren will not even look anything like you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it was important that I built something solid. And so that's why it didn't matter that I had a doctor there. I was a doctor, I enlisted, mm-hmm. you know, and um, from there, uh, I, I I finished my time in the Navy. Not I didn't finish my time. I spent a couple of years in the Navy. And while on active duty, I commissioned as an officer to the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's how I went from Navy to the Air Force. And I did my time in the Air Force as well. Um, and then family, you know, personally, I try to reach a compromise. I always try to establish a balance in my family life and my work life. And the next step then was uh, to bring my family. We had traveled so much and moved to so many places. So uh, we decided it was time for the kids to grow around family members, around their cousins and things like that. So we came down to the to East Coast. I switched over to reserves uh, and came out of active duty and became a civilian. Uh, so I became and then joined Goddard, um, an opportunity, uh, offered an opportunity in, in the Pentagon as, a, as an Air Force civilian. So we created Space Force in 2019 and I got promoted into a position in Space Force. That's how I went from Navy to Air Force and then Space Force currently. Hmm. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, and so much, so much to cover in such a short time. And, and, and we should move into discussing about your book. What inspired you to write a book? And is this your first book? No, it's not my first book. Uh, I wrote uh, a poetry book. Uh, it's not, it wasn't a it was just poetry. And it was, that was 2009. Mm-hmm. And it was reissued in 2012. Uh, and then, so this is officially my second book. And this book is a memoir. And what inspired it really was in 2010, when we had our first child, my daughter. And... You know, there was something inside me that that kept pushing me to start keeping account mm-hmm. of how all this happened. You know, I think I said it before, I was the first to come here. And I thought it, might, it would be important for me to have a record for my children. Mm-hmm. And three years later, we had my son. So at that point, I just decided, you know, okay, I need to start keeping an account. I need to write something about how it all began, how I came to the United States the things I experienced before then, what my dreams were before I came and the things I've had to go through mm-hmm. um, to, to hit those milestones. Uh, so I started doing that. But what happened while I was doing that was I got caught in, in a lot of emotions, you know, uh, for those that come from, it depends on where you come from, but with the, the experience I had, there was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it became a healing process, sort of. Uh, so I just kept pouring things out on paper. So at, at that moment, I didn't think of publishing it. I was just writing. Mm-hmm. So I think I wrote it to the point where, um, you know, my wife took a look at my writings and she, she began to cry, literally. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years, you know, though even though we're married, you've not told me half of these things. I didn't know you went through all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and she couldn't begin to imagine how I could be sane and remain the way I was, even with those experiences. Uh, so as you say, and then that was when it occurred to me that, you know what, both immigrants and non-immigrants can benefit off this story. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how it became literally, it became a book. You know, and I wrote queries, I pitched uh, uh, my book out and a lot of agents became interested. And so that's when I knew okay, there was something that, that could be meaningful here to people. Mm. Amazon, one comment coming from Kakas says candid, compelling and poignant memoir. His prose is engaging, vividly depicting daily life in Nigeria and encounters with various Americans. His continuing faith in the fundamental goodness of people is particularly inspiring. What is that faith that you have in people? Do you, I mean, <laughs> let's know. What do you believe that people are? With all that is going on around the world, how do you continue to believe in people? I think it's important, important to understand that every human being is fundamentally good. Mm -hmm. But we can't help what our, our environment does to us sometimes. Mm. You know, learned behaviors and the things that are going on and and i'll give you an example so i moved from Nigeria to the united states and one of my experiences was racism right mm. I, so after a while i learned and my first experience with racism wasn't with a white person it was with someone of the same color as me mm. and the first lesson i learned from that was to treat people as individuals and look beyond why they might be doing what they're doing, <clears throat> you know. And then I look back at Nigeria. You won't call that racism, right? But their tribal, you know, <clears throat> wars and you know instabilities going on there as well. Mm -hmm. That's a form of hate and you know things like that. So as as I progress here in the US, I think moving from one stage of my life to the next. Uh, Everything I experienced, good or bad, I try to understand why that's happening. And instead of returning fire with fire, hatred with hatred, mm. uh, I, I try to reach out and see if there's something good that I can pass on to that negativity and get something positive out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, even when as a professional, people might think it's, it was all smooth and well and I got promoted and it was just working fine. No, I have challenges and it's all in the book. Mm. But the truth was I confronted people like that. Even when I felt people would had bad motives, you know, motives against me, you know, I would confront them and talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what you're doing. This is how I see it. And I'm just trying to understand it. There might be a misconception here maybe that, that might help both of us get, you know, and the reason why I'm doing, I do, I do that, you know, is because, um, and I've always gotten good results. You see people, the goodness in them will start coming out because now they've, they've learned that I'm also a human being like them with aspirations, with desires like them, mm -hmm. with a wife, with children. I'm just trying to live my life and just be good. And it's not so difficult for them to do the same thing. You know, I don't wish them bad. So they see reasons why they shouldn't reach me. They shouldn't mean any bad. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it depends on who you're dealing with. But uh, I think what Kekus is trying to talk about in my book was the way probably I, the experiences I had from Nigeria all the way to now, the people have 
had experiences with that, you know, things with betrayals and disappointments and someone just straight up trying out to get me, you know, mm. the way I have reached back to those people and let them know, look, I can see through what's going on here, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not the right way, mm. you know, and still believe that those people can be good and something could come out of, you know, what they're doing. And, and that's, I'm sure that's what they, 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 they're talking about in their review. Okay. Um, it's good for people. I, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that they say that and, and it's not a review that they mention something like that. Uh, I just wrote a book. Yeah. And it's good for me to also learn that, you know, they got that from the book. Hmm. Based on the feedback that you've received and you've received quite a number, what is what could you say is the most emotional part of the book? Without giving it all out if you don't wish to. <laughs> <laughs> well, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, emotional, emotional. Uh, let me look at the way to put it so I don't uh, throw any spoiler out there. Yeah. Uh, I think it will be the last chapter of my time in Nigeria. Okay. Because that chapter was, even till now, I, I tried, I don't, I don't like reading that chapter. Um it, mm. it, it was a chapter where I lost my dad oh, and sorry. it was conflicting based on my experiences and then what happened and then how, how I dealt with it and the state of my heart at that point, at that point moment with my dad and a couple of years before that, how, what our relationship was like. So it was kind of complicated, uh, but for me writing as a son, uh, I still can get over, you know, you know, I didn't realize how vivid that chapter was until, you know, I, I, I read it over and over after I wrote it. And it, I feel like it takes me back to that moment, you know, the last moment with my dad. I would say for me, it's, it's the most emotional chapter. Uh, and I can, I can imagine how it is, how emotional it, it is. And I'm kind of thinking at, at this point, is, isn't it interesting how good things come together with the not so good things. I mean, here you've got an opportunity to go to the land of the dreams. And then there is some pain that you're experiencing on the other side. And these things happen over and over again. What's your perspective on that? You know, my perspective is that that's called living, Mm -hmm. you know? if we take, and the way I can describe it, think of a puzzle, you know, that yeah. children play with and they try to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. If you take one piece of that puzzle out, you'll never be able to put it together. It won't be complete. Mm-hmm. So the pain we experience, the failures, the disappointments, the successes, the, 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 the you know the applause and you know, all the good things also that happen they are meant to happen mm. and and those disappointments are meant to sharpen us uh so that we can we can be better um and, and i think if we don't experience hardships think about it as if if we don't have hardships we will never try to make something better for ourselves or anything else mm-hmm because we have to travel long distances on land we have to build cars because we have to fly overseas we build 
planes and because we have to cross the ocean we had to build ship right ships right so mm-hmm. i think those hardships drive us to make something better out of ourselves the things i experienced no matter how painful they were i use them uh, as a drive to push mm-hmm. me to get better even if when i failed i just had to take a recourse and try to veer back you know it didn't matter what matter was the goal uh, and i think and when you accomplish once you achieve that success it will become very valuable to you it will mean more to you because uh, you know what it took to get there right mm-hmm. and then you'll be humble about it you will celebrate it uh, you will know it's, it, it didn't happen because of you it happened because of god and a whole lot of other things people mm-hmm. uh, that helped you to get there so i i think it's called living and our, our our lives become meaningful because of those hardships and the good things you know the successes that happen in our lives well that's very well put now at some point in your life there is somewhere that you are promoted to be a nuclear missile operator how did, <laughs> how, how did you take that and how did you see it back then and how do you see it now and and what's your i mean i, I would like to hear about your comment on this well i think i'm sure you might be thinking that how how do you go from being a doctor to operating nuclear missiles <laughs> you know so, so. yeah <laughs> yeah, so um, I felt the same way when I when I got selected for it. Um, so I mean, that's a job that require really high level of clearance. Mm. <clears throat> and first, the first thing was I felt really proud of it. But uh, but you know how when something good is happening in your life, and then there's a negative force that would tell you, no, this can't be happening. Yeah. Or it's not really going to happen. Mm. You know. I mean, there were times where I thought, okay, let's see if I'm going to qualify by the time they have to start going over my clearances because now they have to interview people all over the place. They have to check my background. I wasn't born in the United States. I've lived in Nigeria and traveled to places and that would take a lot of investigating, you know, before my clearance could go through. And then the training. Oh, I wasn't really worried about the training because I went through med school. I <laughs> So I wasn't worried about that, mm. you know. Uh, but it was more of the the requirement but i think for the most part though i i had a conversation with you know for those who are religious some people are not religious but i am i'm a christian and you know i had a conversation with god that you know i wanted to go back to medical field but you brought me back to doing it there's a reason why you're trying to put me in this job and i can't wait to find out and if it works out that means you want me to do it if it doesn't that means that this is just um a stepping stone for me mm-hmm. um, but i took pride in it uh i was very happy about it i was thankful about it uh, it was shocking i was i was really i'm not gonna lie to you deep down i was really excited because i didn't think that was it that was possible for an immigrant you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh but as soon as i you know i did everything i was supposed to do you know i did everything and and i think everything else worked out because it was all in a plan there were a lot of challenges a lot of things that almost stopped it from happening but for some reason the like one miracle after the next happened you know starting from my clearances to the age requirement you know to showing up to my first base and then to medical things 
just started happening because they have to clear you for flight risk call, which is like an intense medical clearance. All it takes is just one thing you might have, genetic stuff problem, right? Mm -hmm. That might be something I inherited from my dad or my mom, and that would disqualify me. <laughs> so things like that. Uh, but uh, I think the way to summarize it, though, uh, was that uh, it was all in a plan, and I embraced it. Hmm. Okay, we take that. <laughs> and we are happy that you've been all through, that you've been through taking the positive and appreciating it and maneuvering through the dark times and coming out smiling still. Now, for those of you who may be joining us right now, we are discussing the book Underground by Deji Ayoade, a memoir of hope, faith, and the American dream. And if you would please share this with all your friends so that they can get to hear what we've had today and also go and get the book that Dr. Deji has put together. Underground. Why did you choose the title? <laughs> uh, for different reasons, uh, maybe. Yeah, multiple reasons. Uh, I'll say the first, I kind of, because this is the first time I've, I've said this uh, outside of my home. The original title of that book was uh, The Anchor. Uh, so, but then, uh, as, as a missile when I was a nuclear missile operator, I, I worked on the ground. So it was like 70 feet on the ground, and that was our, our life, literally. Mm -hmm. and, and then I kind of linked that to my story. Um, and the way I can summarize that is uh, to be underestimated. That's why I try, I, I try to put it people. To be underestimated is an opportunity. I have I've always been underestimated for a good chunk of my life, but mm -hmm. they were, I, I rather, I, I prefer to be underestimated than, you know, for people to have really too much expectations and because it gives me an opportunity to um, show that I'm capable of doing something, right? Mm -hmm. So I've, I've never, I try not to waste that opportunity. Uh, and then another aspect of it also is, is also that to always do your work in silence and let the results speak for itself. Mm -hmm. So when you add all of that together, uh, the book came underground and uh, the best way I can, if I were to explain to my, like to a four-year-old kid, you know, it would be, well, what does underground mean? I said, well, it means always do your, the work that's required of you mm -hmm. and let the results speak for itself. Wonderful. So do the work and let the results speak for themselves. That has been written. We've had uh, so much have been accomplished in such a short time. You still look young. <laughs> so what, what, how, how does the dream continue from here? What's in the future? What, what's in the plans? And, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you know, I, I would say, I think one step at a time, you know, I, I think for me, when I came to the United States, uh, the the most important thing that I prayed for, that I wanted, 
was to be able to bring my family here. I wanted my family to join me for those that want to, mm-hmm. uh, that wanted to. And I was worried about safety, about security. And I, I knew that uh, the promises I made to my mom, especially when I was a kid, that I was going to build a life for us in the U.S. You know, you know how it is when most kids want, want to be in the U.S. And for me, uh, that's what it was. For other people, my other siblings, maybe something different. And God made that happen. You know, once I joined the military, I naturalized. I fought for my mom. My mom joined me in the U.S. So that happened. And when that happened, I remembered, you know, to go back to God and tell him, you have done what I asked of you. The one most important thing I wanted was that. Mm-hmm. That was my dream. Now, when people think of American dream, they think of money, they think of cars, they think of all of that stuff. For me, it was finding my purpose. For me, it was my mom living the life she always dreamt of as a young lady. Mm-hmm. For me, it, you know, it, 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 you know, it, for me, that at that point, it was for my siblings to live the kind of life they want to live, to live a purposeful life. Mm-hmm. And I believe God answered the most important thing for me at that time. And I told him, like, everything else that happens from here on are all bonuses. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep aspiring. I'm going to keep striving to find more purpose in my life and be... Meaning, live a meaningful life and touch other people's lives. And how, so I've tried to use that as my compass. You know, if what I'm doing is in impactful, I probably won't be doing it or I'll probably stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But for me, my dream resides in that. Um, and I think that drives what's going to always happen next, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for today, I'm defending this country that I've as a result, it's keeping my family safe, the safety that I wanted. I wanted security for my family because when I was growing up, I mean, you weren't sure. <laughs> there were times where you weren't sure if you're going to wake up the following day or if you're going to live past <laughs> another week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not a day between that and now. There are challenges here too, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of challenges that we're going through, but uh, I'm thankful for everything and uh, we see what happens next you know but like i said i think i'm gonna let um service to other people keep uh driving what's gonna happen next Mm, service to other people is gonna determine what's gonna happen next that's for deji and uh, we really appreciate you taking your time here with us, Deji, and letting us know about Underground. Uh, we encourage every person who's watching this to go and get the book or even connect with Deji. And uh, we are going to share your website. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. So uh, you can always go to Deji Ayoade. Dot com. That's www.dejiayoade.com. Connect with Deji and also get the book, Underground. Yeah, so that's about it for today. And uh, are you still writing? Do we have a hope of an, another book in the near future? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm writing. Uh, I'm still writing. And uh, yes, I'm looking forward to another book in the future. I don't know when, but it's in the works. Oh, that's good. We'll be looking forward to hearing about that too. And now 
since we've come to the end, before you go, we'd like you to leave us with a few words that we should always remember. Which are they? <laughs> well, I, I was still a quote from Denzel Washington. Mm. So he said, dreams without goals are just dreams and they ultimately feel disappointment. So on the road to achieving your dream, you have to apply discipline and consistency. And that's because it takes commitment. Without commitment, he said, it, you cannot start. And then without consistency, you will never finish. So I thought those were powerful words. Uh, they mean, me personally, they mean a lot to me, but coming from me personally to everyone, I would tell, I would like uh, you to know that without the hardships going on in your life, um, there'll be no meaning to your life. And then without all the good things that will happen as a result, there will also be no meaning really to our lives. It's just, but you will have to know what your dreams are. You know, you have to know what your dream, if it's a dream, what your dream is. And you have to know that your dream is unique to you. Do not look at somebody else's way of life or dreams and what they've achieved. That's them. You have yours. And when you know what it is, you have to find that thing that drives you. I don't know what it is for you. For me, thinking about my mom when I was growing up drove me. I love my mom and I want her to live a good life. Um, I love my siblings and I pictured envisioned the future for, for, for us. Um, but then you also have to know that things do not happen uh, by themselves. You hear what Denzel said? So you now have to set goals and you have to plan so you can get to where you want to get to, right? But you need to know that no matter how much you plan, you things will most likely not work out the way you plan them. Executing is a different thing entirely. So do not be discouraged when you fail. When you fail, take that as a compass, as a lesson that that wasn't, you weren't meant to take that route. We're supposed to do it differently. Learn from it and try a different route, but keep your goal, your dream in focus. Do not lose focus no matter what. People can do things to you, do not lose your focus. Don't get emotional, don't get, always calm down and press forward. Make sure you're moving forward. Eventually it will happen. Men can slow you down, but they can't change what will be. What will be, will be. So that's all I have. Thank you very much today for the opportunity. We thank you for this wonderful engagement. It's a wonderful conversation. And thank you for the book. Uh, let's remember to go and get it underground <laughs> by Deji Ayode. And uh, that's about it for today. You've said so much great things that we should go and follow our dreams. And our dreams should have a goal, even if it's the American dream. Hey, you there who's dreaming of the American dream, you've got to have some goals about it. No, don't just wish. <laughs> have goals about it. Go and get it. And remember, it's Deji who said that. And go and get his book. So thank you very much, Deji. We appreciate you. Dr. Deji, and uh, that's about it. Bye for now. 
this has been your host, Anthony Morori, and together with our guest, Deji Ayode, we wish you all the best. Go after your dreams, and bye. Bye. Thank you. Yeah.